0: Welcome to AutoLine This Week, where we're coming to you from the world headquarters of General Motors in downtown Detroit. The reason we're here is we're going to be talking about the 100th anniversary of Chevrolet. And that's why my special guest this morning is Chris Perry, the Vice President of Global Marketing for Chevrolet, and we'll be talking about why global is in that title. But also joining us today are Mark Phelan from the Detroit Free Press and Frank Marcus from Motor Trend Magazine. Great having you all here, and especially you, Chris. Thanks for taking the time to be with us on Outline. Thank you for having
1: me. It's a pleasure.
0: A hundred years. That's a phenomenal statistic to be able to talk about. Absolutely. Not many brands get there. Do you use that in your marketing? I mean, how do you go out and tell the world, you know, that you're a hundred years old now, and and what kind of benefit is that from a marketing standpoint?
1: Right. We've been using it in our marketing for the last couple of months just to reinforce the idea that we've been around for a hundred years. You know, we sponsor the Dream Cruise, and... uh, Here in Detroit, as part of that 100-year celebration, we're launching some web apps and some websites to get people engaged in the 100-year anniversary. We're having open houses at our dealerships. Uh, There's a great event in Korea where we brought all the recent Chevrolet owners together and they made a bow tie out of their cars. Won the Guinness World Record for the biggest bow tie ever. Uh, We have some advertising around it, so it's it's really more than a day celebration. It's a several-month celebration.
0: And just in case anybody doesn't know, the bow tie, of course,
1: refers to the shape of the Chevrolet logo. Absolutely.
2: How big was the next best, biggest bow tie? <laughs> <You> know,
1: <laughs> I think it was a brand in Europe that did a, a, something out of their logo, but okay. we surpassed that with right. our event in Korea.
3: Now, what, what is the line that you have to walk between playing up the fact that you're 100 and that you've got all of these iconic old models, right. but not getting tied up in selling the past? And, and convincing people that you're a, a, a brand that speaks to, to today's
1: challenges. That's a really good point. What we're really trying to do is reinforce the fact that yes, we've been around for 100 years, we have the heritage, we have the culture behind us, and all the innovations that we've brought to the consumer, but also that we're continuing and, and looking to play a role, uh, a significant role in the industry as we go forward. You know, the Volt is probably the best example of that. I, mean, that, that's, I think the press has all recognized that's a game changer in what we brought to market and just today we announced the Spark EV will now will be brought to market in 2012 so. And the Spark's uh, a tiny little car that you don't sell in America yet but you will be. Which we will be. So it's a combination of reinforcing the heritage and all the successes we've had in the past but reinforcing the fact that we're looking forward and looking to play a role in uh, the industry going forward.
2: Small cars are an interesting you know part of the program too because Chevrolet's history's been a little checkered on that front, but, yeah, but it's true. all pretty good news right now. And yeah. I mean how do you uh, that's kind of hard to play on the history of the Vega or the Chevette
1: or the, the Corvair, but. Right. Particularly in the U.S. here, we're known uh, quite honestly as, you know, big trucks, Silverado, full-size SUVs, performance vehicles with the Corvette and the Camaro, and uh, not so much with small cars. But we've proven with the crews that when we get a great vehicle that can compete against the competition, we can do well with it. I and mean, right now, the Cruze is the best-selling compact car in America. Um, this month, we'll sell our one millionth global vehicle. In China, we sold 187,000 last, last year. So uh, we're getting into the game there. And of course, we're launching the Sonic or the Aveo in some markets, as we call it. Uh, it's already launched in several markets. We'll be launching it here in the US uh, right now. So we're, we're kind of expanding our portfolio and expanding how people can interact with uh, the Chevy brand. So what are the historical uh... correlations
3: between the you know the the, the bel-air the impala you know wh- whatever the big old chevrolet's people may be thinking about and vehicles like the cruise and and the sonic that you're
1: introducing now how do you draw a connection to you know, for buyers it's it's a it's a challenge it's really just reinforcing like i said the heritage we uh... we've had so many people come up to us and say you know my first car was a chevrolet i remember we had a, we just did a great online video that you can see and look and look for is uh, It was a story about a a guy who remembers his dad's 65 Impala SS and he had it for 20 years and he loved that vehicle. And he remembered he and his brother in the back seat, you know, sliding in the back seat when his dad's cruising around. And unfortunately, his father had to sell it in 85 because of financial burdens. And um, well, his two sons went out and found that vehicle in Montreal of all places, restored it and brought it back. And we were able to videotape the whole event and it brought tears to the dad's eyes. It was like, oh my gosh that's my car. That you know, was 25 years ago when I got rid of it, but it's still his car. And that connection to the, you know, the American consumers, they, they recognize the role that Chevrolet has played in the culture of, the, of America. And you know, all the songs that we've been a part of, all the movies we've been a part of. And so tapping into that from a marketing standpoint, you know, it's, it's powerful.
0: Is that why Chevrolet is using the tagline right now, Chevy Runs Deep? Is that really tying in with being
1: around for 100 years? Yeah, it ties in in a couple places. One is certainly the heritage, we run, but also we run deep in the values that we represent. We run deep in the commitment we have for the innovation going forward. Um, there's a lot of connotations to it, and we'll continue to evolve that tagline as we go forward. And Chris, you started talking about
0: Chevrolet in other countries, China, notably. Talk a little bit more about the global aspect of the brand, because many Americans think that Chevrolet is just an American brand. I think a lot of people know that it's been in Latin America. They know that from the Chevy Nova, you know, that the Chevy doesn't go, that that sort of correlation. (laughs) But it's it's really taking off, of all places, in Europe and Asia right now.
1: Exactly. You know, we were just talking... um, you know, Chevrolet's been actually in, in other countries since the 20s. You know, we started with a factory in, uh, in Europe, you know, I think in, in, the, in the mid-20s. We started building Chevrolet's in Brazil in 27, I believe it was. And so some, in some countries, that's their home, home brand. You know, we've been in Brazil for 65 years, but in Korea, we've been there six months. But from a global standpoint, to answer your question, is, you know, we're, Chevrolet's are sold in 140 countries around the globe. And interesting enough, this year will be our, in our centennial year, will be our best sales year ever in our history. Um, and your point, a lot of people don't recognize that, that 60% of the Chevrolets are sold outside of the United States.
2: Are you able to sell any North American product in Korea, or is that all domestic
1: well, DAP product? Actually, the Malibu that we'll be getting here in the U.S. In, in the spring of 2012 is launching right now in Korea. So we're really going to, a, not only we, from a, from a global sales perspective and so forth, we're also gl- going from a global platform perspective. You know, uh, we have the cruise here, which I already mentioned is sold globally. Uh, the Malibu will be a global vehicle for us. The Sonic uh, Aveo in some markets is, is a global vehicle. The Spark is doing well in, in, in a lot of markets that we will be getting here uh, late in the year. Announced yesterday the Colorado pickup truck. Uh, The midsize truck will start in Thailand, but we'll get a version here in the U.S. So um, we're now it's interesting because I think we've we've always been distributing Chevrolets globally, but we haven't done a great job of managing it globally. And I think that's the initiative going forward now.
3: And how do you, I mean, obviously, in in places like Brazil, the brand has been there for almost as long as it has been in America. People know what a Chevrolet is. How do you, you know, communicate to people in in the new markets? You know, Korea, Russia is becoming a very big market for you. That's relatively new as well.
1: What do you tell them Chevrolet means? What's interesting is people recognize Chevrolet as an an American iconic brand, and that's how we're going to market it. But what's great, you know, People around the globe recognize the values that America stands for. They might not appreciate the politics, but they recognize, you know, the opportunistic attitude that we have, the independence, the innovation, you know, the freedom, all those great values that all humans appreciate that are tied quite closely to the the American culture are also being tied to the Chevrolet brand. So we see ourselves as a global brand from America, probably not unlike... Coca-Cola, I would say. Do you have to tune the
0: Chevrolet message for different parts of the region, or different regions of the world? I mean, would you use Chevy runs deep in different languages, for example? How yeah. cohesive is your marketing message?
1: You know, what we've tried to do um, is develop what are the common values and, and personalities of the Chevrolet brand, regardless of what market we compete in. And, and we've been able to identify those. It's the same ones that we've been promoting here in the U.S. for years. It's... You know, our, our owners and our target audience tend to be family-oriented and community-minded. They appreciate good value, but also expressive styling and, and good performance. And those characteristics are, are, are part of consumers. Universal. 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 And um, so that's, you know, we showed some advertising today to the press that are visiting with us of different commercials from around the globe. And, and they're in different languages from the Middle East, from Mexico, from South America. And you see a common theme running through all of them. Uh, we just need to now formalize that a little bit more, see what assets we can share? Is there a global commercials that we can develop that not only run here in the U.S., but in other markets as well? a great opportunities.
2: I'm curious as too because I know that a lot of the Chevy products that are sold globally are produced globally. They're not produced necessarily here. Yep. But the brand is very American. And do you have to do you find yourself having to say, "Hey, you know, made in Korea or whatever" as part of the message because I know like when Toyota and Honda and those guys were really growing up in the US, everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, Japanese quality is what you want." So we're not going to necessarily play up the fact that we're building them in Kentucky or Ohio, right. but over there, I mean, do you fight, face different cultural mores as to, you know, how you f-
1: tread that line? Not so much. It seems like the global consumer recognizes that, you know, it's, it's a global market now. And these, these vehicles are, are made all over the world, the parts are made all over the world. What's most important for them is, you know, does it meet their, their, you, their needs? Does it going to help them through life's journey? Um, and what they want to accomplish, and and that's what really what we're focusing on. Like I said, the expressive styling, the value, and the quality of the products. I would
0: imagine that uh, advertising the fact that Chevrolet has been around for hundred years, as you go into new markets, would be a huge advantage, because in let's just say China, so many new brands have come into that market. How does the consumer know which is? really one that they can rely on. And if you yeah. can advertise the fact, we've been around for a century, I would imagine that would help you know, console customers into thinking, okay, this is a good brand to go with.
1: Oh, absolutely. That certainly helps. Um, I, think, I think American products have certain cachet in China. And the fact that we've been around 100 years, we have heritage all over the globe. Um, it, it's, uh, that's certainly a part of our marketing strategy.
3: Does 100 years have resonance then in China? I mean, one of the things that, it's such an old culture with such That's deep roots. Yeah. You know, I would have thought 100 years, you know, just another new kid on the block almost. <laughs>
1: yeah. Is it something that you can actually talk about there? Well, in terms of their culture, absolutely, you know, 100 years is a drop in the bucket, right? Um, but in terms of products that are being brought to market, I think the heritage uh, and the and the commitment uh, we've had over the years is is, is a help. It's not the, the main message by, by any means. We really want to talk about, like I said, the product attributes and how we meet the needs of the consumer. And what we try to do in each of our markets is really focus on the consumer needs. Put the consumer in the center. And we, we like to talk about the, you know, Chevrolet Chevrolet's the hometown brand and, and no matter what hometown you're in.
2: Well, speaking of China, though, uh, one of the best, you know, most uh, well-regarded foreign titles there is Buick. Um, yeah. Is your product lineup such that you're not competing with Buick? Or do you have any overlap there? Because that was kind of one of the problems in the 60s and whatever, is all the GM brands were fighting each other yeah. in the U.S.
1: That's one of our, one of our challenges here as well, is, is making sure that we have clear identification of what the brand stands for. We call them swim lanes, making sure that they all have a purpose for being, not only in, in who the consumers that we go after, but the care, characteristics of the vehicle, what segments it competes in. So just like we're differentiating that uh, pretty well here in the U.S. between our four brands. That same challenge will be present itself in China, but we think we have a, a good roadmap. Chris, let's
0: assess Chevrolet in the U.S.
1: market right now. You guys have been
0: gaining more recently, mm-hmm. gaining market share, some strong sales. Uh, instead of asking you where your weaknesses are, where <laughs> do you see opportunities to grow the brand or what do you have to work
1: on now? Well, our biggest growth this year has been with the Cruise. Um, you know, like I said earlier, we're the it's the number one selling compact in the U.S. We're very pleased and happy about that. Uh, very competitive marketplace. We know that uh, there's other that you know with the new products coming from the from the competition will will challenge that. But I think we you know we have a product we think we can win with. The new Sonic is a great opportunity for us. We really haven't played in that small car category before, and um, the press has been very complimentary of the vehicle, the the ride and handling and the fuel economy that it provides. That's that's pretty exciting for us.
0: And does it make a, a big deal? The, the Sonic's going to be built in the U.S. Is that right? Uh, right. How, how does that in help Michigan. Chevrolet?
1: Yeah. Pardon? In, in Michigan. Michigan. In
0: Michigan, no less. Right. right. Only With UAW labor, no less. So that's, <laughs> that's the first right. time we've seen a subcompact car that potentially could be profitable right. manufactured in the U.S. it's right.
1: the only subcompact car made in the United States. Is that a car that you can play that has resonance?
3: Uh, Broadly, or is that just something that appeals to people in the Detroit Tri County
1: area? You know, I think it it uh, it resonates differently depending on what U.S. region you're talking about. I think here in the Midwest, absolutely, they pride themselves on vehicles. You know, in California, you know, they they that isn't as much. They they're they're used to buying the Japanese products and the Korean products. So um, the great thing about that vehicle is we feel strong that we can go head to head with what they're offering from a product standpoint. with, with, without any doubts. I mean, we, uh, we feel good about um, A lot of our dealers, in fact, have, have started to buy competitive products and putting it on their showroom. And so when c- customers come in, say, hey, you know what? Take ours for a ride, take theirs for a ride, and tell me which one you think is best for you. And more often than not, we're gonna win that battle
3: and and the reason that you've got better small cars now than you did in the past is in part because of the globalization isn't it because the small cars are the great majority of what chevrolet is going to sell in the rest of the world if it's you know successful so you're you're engineering them to a different uh, standard than did in the past and, and you've got more volume that you're spreading
1: the costs over yeah we are definitely a global brand when it comes to engineering and like the Sonic, uh, the Aveo in a lot of markets was engineered, the, the home base for engineering was in Korea. And we do that with several of our products where we look to um, tap into the, the engineering capabilities around the globe, and making sure that it's appropriate for that market, but also uh, fits with other needs around the globe also. Um, and we also recognize in the US that was one of our weaknesses, right? We were known as a large truck brand, but we I think we recognize that we can't be successful going forward relying just on pickup trucks and full-size SUVs and so we've got into the car game you know with both feet now this time next year when we have the Cruze the Sonic and the new Malibu and the Spark just hitting showrooms that's a pretty strong car lineup that Chevrolet hasn't seen in years and I feel confident we can put those four products against any other lineup in the industry you know and we can compete pretty well bring us up to date on
0: the Chevrolet Volt as you mentioned earlier it's a game changer it's a significant new technology to the market but it's come under a lot of criticism because the sales numbers are so low I think the critics ignore the fact that it's been sold in very few markets and that the production ramp up has been very slow but explain where that is and where you hope to take that next
1: year yeah we're actually very pleased with the results of the Volt that's one of the things that's uh, a bit confusing for me quite honestly because we launched it in just seven markets, uh, in seven states, and we've been slowly ramping up. It's uh, now in, I think, 25 states. By the end of the year, we hope to be in all 50 states. So majority of our dealers have yet to receive their first one. And dealers are telling me that, on average, uh, the, the vehicle stays about three days in a dealership. In terms, of it gets there, they PDI it and, it, and it's out the door. So from a volume standpoint, we think it's been a big success. But more so than that, it's the halo that it's playing for the overall Chevrolet brand. Our research shows that the more familiar, the more aware you are of the Volt, the greater your consideration, the greater your uh, opinion um, of the Chevrolet brand. It brings a halo of innovation and fuel economy um, that, you know, we, that even if we sold half as many as we have, would still be a home run for us.
0: Well, explain that a little more fully in this respect. I know the Corvette has always been the halo for the Chevrolet brand, and it sells in very small volume. I'm not sure it makes any money, but I know that Chevrolet or General Motors have always justified it because it did bring people into the showroom just to look at it, and if you can get them in the showroom, you got a chance at selling them something else. Is that right. what the Volt is doing now?
1: Absolutely. We have uh, people coming in curious about the Volt, looking at it, um, taking a test drive, and finding out that the crews for their needs is a better option. And they drive out in a cruise or they drive out in an Equinox. Both vehicles that are selling very well for us right now. And we're, we're blessed that we have really a couple iconic, you know, Halo products. Like you mentioned the Corvette, that's pure fantastic performance, right? There's not another sports car, again, putting it up against anything else in the marketplace. Uh, that's a fantastic vehicle. The Volta is a fantastic vehicle. Camaro has been hitting it out of the park as another iconic vehicle. So, you know, we see ourselves as a mainstream brand. We have a lot of customers that that, uh, that have varying needs, and we're filling out our lineup, so to speak, to meet those varying needs. The, the Volt, with its electric system, is sort of one
3: end of the spectrum. It, it, Chevrolet is, is looking at other types of electrification as well. You mentioned a battery-powered uh, spark next year. The, the Malibu, when it goes on sale early next year, is going to have uh, some electric
1: systems to improve fuel economy. Uh, is, is that right? Yes. So, that, we call it E-Assist. It's kind of a mild hybrid technology. But one of the things that, um, and we've been talking to the press about this week, is this idea of, around the globe, people have different needs, different propulsion needs, really. You know, Alfred P. Sloan said, "A different is a different product for every purse, a product for every purse." We see it as propulsion for every purpose and purse, and so we will continue to invest in, in electrification from pure electrics like the Spark EV, the Volt. You mentioned the mild hybrid on the Malibu. Uh, we have hybrid Tahoe and pickup truck, uh, all the way through, you know, diesel engines, small gas engines. Um, we have a lot of heritage and investment into hydrogen vehicles so we're kind of you know, looking at all aspects and seeing how we can fill out our lineup and meeting the propulsion needs across the globe
0: how are you going to market that e-assist because as you well know your hybrids don't sell well and this is not just a Chevrolet problem this is a problem across the industry with the exception of the Toyota Prius none of the hybrids are really selling Uh, I'm not sure exactly why but how do you crack the coder what are you going to do to try to crack the code with
1: E-Assist? I think the, the, thing with the difference with the E-Assist is because it's a mild hybrid, the expense isn't the same. So the, the premium that you pay for a fully, fully, fully engaged hybrid isn't there. What consumers really want is better fuel economy. They're not really as concerned about how we, they get it. And that's where the, 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 we're calling it the Malibu Eco. That's where that plays a role of, yes, it's a little bit more expensive, but the fuel economy is such that it, it justifies itself. Yeah, and the economics it's, pay it's, off in yeah. the
2: four-year lease yeah. cycle or whatever, I think, on and,
1: that one. And it's the new technology that are also uh, driving the interest in that vehicle.
3: And Is there perhaps a reason to avoid using the word hybrid altogether? Because once you've said hybrid, you've got people thinking Prius and, and a whole different set of expectations yeah. that are
1: not what you're selling them with the Malibu Eco. Right. That's one of the things about the, the explosion of the various propulsion uh, options is it starts to get a bit confusing in people's minds, even with the Volt. People say, okay, it, it runs on battery, but it has a gas engine, and how does that work? Isn't that a hybrid? And, and it's really what is the benefit of the consumer. And when we marketed the Volt, and we'll do the same thing with Malibu, it isn't so much about the technology, it's what is the benefit that the consumer gets out of it. So with Volt, it's you know, electric power for 35 or so miles, and if you need more, it kicks into gas and you extended range. With the, e, with the E-Assist Malibu, it's about the fuel economy um, and the performance that you get out of that vehicle. So we're going to try to get away from the technology and more turn it on what's the benefit that the consumer gets out of that technology.
0: And of course, you're going to put the, a diesel in the Chevrolet or You're going to offer a diesel talk a little bit more about that because none of your domestic competitors, none of the Japanese, the Koreans neither, are going with diesel engines. Only the European brands offer them in the American market right now. What do you guys see out there that you want to stick your toe in the water with a diesel with?
1: Well, that's exactly it. We kind of want to stick our toe in the market. Cruise has been doing very well for us. We have diesel cruises elsewhere in the world. We felt it was an opportunity to kind of get in and see what the market might might, uh, hold for it could be very successful. Um, it might not be well received, but you know, we're willing to take those chances. I think that's one of the things going forward that we're we're looking to do is is, you know, if we see a potential opportunity, you know, let's, let's invest in it. Let's see where it takes us.
2: I can tell you that our mailbag is filled up with a lot of people who have
1: rented diesel cruises in Europe and they're like,
2: we want that here. So
0: Because you're going yeah. to be able to deliver what? Over 40 miles to the gallon, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah we haven't car. announced
1: that yet, but uh, we think we'll and be to perform pretty And the price is going to be what's well. really
2: key on that, because quite often diesel with the emissions, you know, costs almost as much as a hybrid. Although I think on really small ones like that, you get away from the selective catalytic reduction, you know, yeah. emissions of
1: gear and makes it a little bit more when we get clo- When we get close to that, I'll come back on your show and we can talk about the price and the fuel economy <laughs> and all the, the benefits of the diesel cruise. Pay off
2: horizon. Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: But one of the things that we do see with the brands that do de- sell diesels, though, is that Volkswagen, BMW, the, the, the German brands, there's a passionate body of owners that they have that love diesels, they stand in line, they happily pay more. Is that something that is unique to the German brands, or is it something that you
1: think that a Chevrolet diesel can tap into as well? We think it's something that a Chevrolet diesel can tap into as well. We don't believe that this is going to cannibalize cruise sales. We think we're going to be bringing in a whole new market in to purchase this vehicle. Um, so I think there are people who like German engineering or German diesel, and there's some people who are just looking for diesel but wouldn't mind having it in an American car. And I think that's where we're going to benefit. And
2: not too many of them owned a Chevette diesel.
1: That's right. (laughs)
3: Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Which had nothing to do with today's clean turbocharged diesels. Yes. We're down to the very end here. But, Chris, any closing thoughts uh, about Chevrolet, its 100th anniversary, and where you hope to take the brand?
1: Well, it's just, it's been exciting to be part of this 100-year anniversary of any brand. Particularly uh, such an iconic brand as Chevrolet has just been a, it's just been personally enjoyable and fun. Um, you know, like you mentioned earlier, a lot of consumers don't know the scope of the Chevrolet brand. They see us as a nice American brand and, and the fact that 60% of our sales are outside the United States, the technology that we're bringing to bear in the market, that's the exciting thing about it. Is you know We've been pretty successful for the last 100 years and I think the best part about it is how we see the future coming at us and all the opportunity that it presents and, and the, the, the 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 product lineup that we have in place to capitalize on those opportunities. That's really the exciting part about Chevrolet today.
0: Well, I think anybody would agree that for any consumer product to be around for over 100 years is is an amazing accomplishment. And, you know, so congratulations to Chevrolet for making it to the the 100 year mark. Thank you. Really impressive. Chris, thanks so much for sharing your time with us today. Much appreciated. Really enjoy it. And, of course, Mark Phelan from the Detroit Free Press, Frank Marcus from Motor Trend, great having you guys here as well. Thank you. And thank all of you for having tuned in, and join us again for AutoLine this week.